Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Roofer Report, brought to you by Roofer.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. Pete here with the Roofer Report. Uh, and today we're going to talk about a sensitive topic, I think, in the industry. You know, lots of uh, Facebook posts about it, lots of uh, information out there, lots of players in the market. Uh, financing, right? Let's talk about financing. Uh, everybody's favorite topic. Uh, you know, I think that it's one of those things that has definitely become more prevalent and will continue to become more prevalent in the industry. And I think that it's something that, you know, I think contractors in general struggle with to really know it. So, it, you know, it's kind of an anomaly. And I have a great guest today to talk more about it. Uh, the financing god of roofing, <laughs> Chris Scoville. Right. So uh, welcome, Chris. <laughs> Everybody in the background, stop. Stop! Right? Oh no, no, really! Stop throwing that up on stage. <laughs> so, so super pumped about this one. You know, I think this is uh, obviously read in your wheelhouse, and uh, was really excited to have you on as the guest for this one because it, I do think it's a topic that needs to be talked about. You know, at length and and really a little bit of a deeper dive into it because it is a sensitive topic, and there is. You know, I, I noticed just in, in my short time that I've been on the SaaS side of, of this business the last five, six years, you know, companies come and go and, you know, you got uh, a lot of players, big players, small players, you know, yeah. and sometimes the big guys aren't always the best players. And so I think it's, it's great to, to get some insight from a contractor standpoint of cool. what to look for to really find the best fit with them. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're on here to talk about this because I, I think that, you know, I respect you as, as the most knowledgeable person on this. And I think that it's a, you know, it's a great, a great topic for you to cover. So give us a little background, Chris, as to how you got into the home improvement financing side of things and, you know, your experience and, and how you got to where you are today. Cool. All right. Well, back up first. I want to say thank you again for having me. I really appreciate you guys um, have me on as kind of the authority to this. I mean, self-titled, I guess, <laughs> but I do get tagged once in a while online when someone's looking for financing, which is really yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, I've had to hire six BAs just to help me, but it's awesome. <laughs> so I appreciate it, man. It's really great being with you guys. And I love Roofer and what you guys are doing out there. What a great team you have, especially learning that you have a thing called Laundry Day. Quite a company. <laughs> Quite an unbelievable culture that Roofer has, man. <laughs> I know that if I ever retire, I'm going to go work for Roofer. So anyway, <laughs> I'm super pumped. So anyway, um, folks, thanks for joining Pete and I today. It's really great to be here. My name's Chris Scoville. I'll give you a little bit of history, and then we'll answer the question there, Pete asked. So um, today I'm going to be representing financing and the director of business development with Service Finance, which is now a subsidiary of Truist Bank. Um, Truist Bank is the fifth largest bank in the United States right now with over $655 billion in assets. Um, we're really strong in the industry. Service Finance has been in the industry for over 17 years, offering home improvement, unsecured lending to everything that goes in it, on it, and around it in a house. So we know what we're doing. We've been doing this a really, really long time. We support the likes of, oh, geez, like 47 different associations out there. I'll name a few, 
Beacon Supply, Owens Corning, Lennox Industries, Renai, Deltile, Mohawk, and on and on. So we know what we're doing in the industry when it comes to financing. And I've, um, I'm the director over here. I've been with Service Finance, Service Finance doing some commercial residential stuff on and off for like 2015. Um, so yeah, I've got a pretty long history with these guys and great company over here, great people to work for. So um, I guess to answer your question, how long have I been doing this or how did I get into, into financing, Pete? Was that it? Yeah, yeah. Like how did you end up in the financing side of things? You sure. know? Oh, man, this is a cool story. And that's what these podcasts are all about, right? Stories. Right, story. exactly. <laughs> Stories actually stick and they make sense. Um, so how did I get into this thing? Well, I started roofing when I was 19 years old. I was doing tie beams here in Florida, up in St. Lucie West. Tie beams are a horrible part of the roofing, roofing process business, right? We're building custom homes from the ground up. So my crew would go in, we put the H clamps in, the rebar, spin the rebar. They come in and drop the cement and bring them in and bring the trusses in for the attachment. And we would build tons and tons of roofs. So our crew would come out there and just kick butt here in Florida. So after I did this for a while and I was working at a bar up in Stewart, Hutchinson Island, on the weekends, Friday and Saturday night, I'd be working in the bar, exhausted by the time it's going back to do more roofing on, I'd take like Sunday off just to be a zombie. Um I was like, God, this is really freaking hard work. Like it's hot as hell in Florida. And I'm like roofing. Right. And I'm like, there's, and I'm a young guy graduated from college. I'm like, there's gotta be a better way to make a living. I said, well, geez, what if I get my real estate license and get into real estate? Those guys make money. So here I am, this young punk gets his real estate license and puts on a suit and goes into the real estate office. And I sit down and I wait for people to come in to make money. And the manager's like, you know, you're going to go out there and get a listing. And I'm like, well, what do you mean go get a listing? Where, where's all the people? You know, I want to go show houses and make money. Well, I learned very quickly that being a realtor <laughs> at 23 is probably not the best. So <laughs> I was like, well, I like money. I like money. So I'm going to go into financing. So with my real estate license, I ended up getting interviewed to go work for a bank as their uh, associate director doing construction to permanent loans on the wholesale mortgage side. So at 23 years old, I was the associate director at a bank, like this <laughs> massive job and six figure salary dude at 23 year old in Florida. Like I'm now a money guy. I'm a finance guy, right? I'm like, Oh my God, I got to figure this industry out. So I've been working with contractors for over 26 years in the construction world in the renovation world, in the rehab world, in the mortgage world, unsecured, residential, commercial. So that's where my freaking background comes into effect when it's like, hey, I got a question about financing. Well, people are like, well, you should really probably talk to Scoville because he might be able to help you out. So <laughs> there's more to the story on how I got the job, but I think we should leave that for another podcast for the next <laughs> one, for part three. How I got that, dude, how I got that banking job? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> it's got to be its own podcast. It huh? was funny, man. The guy interviewing me was like, his name's to God, God rest his soul. He died of cancer. And I found out a couple years ago, broke my heart. Tim Lernahan, we're at a bar and he goes, can you tell me about eights? And I'm thinking units of measurement because I'm, I can snap a line and put, you know, rebar. Like, well, yeah, of course, man. An eighth, a quarter, a half inch. You know, like I'm giving him units of measurements. He's talking points, banking points eights, quarters, paybacks, rebates on the mortgage side. And I'm giving him units of measurement. He looks at me and goes, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, D. And I'm like, I've got no idea. 
And he goes, you're hired. He goes, because you sold me like you knew what you did. And he got hired, man. He hired me. <laughs> oh, is it, right? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But hey, uh, fast forward, I've worked for seven different national banks. And I've done commercial res. I've done all this stuff. So here I am. There's been a roller coaster. And I'm still here in the industry. And I freaking love it. I love talking to contractors about financing and helping them out, man. Yeah. And I think that, you know, right now is such an interesting time, you know, because I think with the economy doing what it's doing and, you know, some things happening recently here, I think that, you know, now is, you know, it's, it's like, I think with everything in this industry, you know, we've always been kind of the last ones to the table. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> It's like, hey, you know, keep talking, you. man. Well, we're gonna keep burning money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? like, you know, it's God. you know, <laughs> you know, you know, we were the last ones to adopt technology. It seems like on the planet, yeah. you know, and and we're one of the last ones, I think, to really full heartedly go into adopting financing, right? Yeah. And uh, and it always takes something that seems like to kind of kickstart these things in our yeah. industry. Yep. And I think we're at that point right now. Like we're about to crossover into that, you know, you've got to have financing or you're not going to be successful, right? Yeah, period. I mean, you could have said it better. I, we've been chasing, we've been managing Owens Corning's business nationally for years. We go out in the industry to talk to these guys about financing six years ago. And they're like, I don't need you, man. I got storm. I got restoration insurance money. I got this and that. All my customers pay cash, blah, blah, blah. Now it's this. I need financing and I need it now. Why? deductibles are super, super high. By the way, we do deductible only financing, right? So you can finance a deductible, no problem. Deductible plus upgrades, no problem. Lump sum, no problem. Retail, no problem. I can finance everything. So these deductibles are like, right? People can't afford the deductibles and it's illegal for contractors to, to do what they do. So of course that solution pops in and customers are like, well, I've got a $10,000 deductible. Like What? You know, what are you going to do? Leave a tarp on there for the rest of your life? Like, so contractors are having to now adopt to this in order to help people with affordability payment options from everything from retail to store to restoration, to upgrades, to whatever is needed. They have to do it now, not to mention the ones that aren't offering it get passed up. I mean, to say, I have this conversation the other day, this is one of my guys. I'm like, dude, you're offering financing. Why don't you have it on your website? It's like, what do you mean, man? I offer financing from the mobile app, just like you said, Chris. 15 seconds, click, boom, approved. Electronic signature funding in three days. Like, I'm like, yeah, you're not even telling anybody on your website. Right. Oh, yeah, put a little freaking button that says 100% financing available. Click here. Boom. And that goes to your app so you can capture people. I said, what if somebody's cruising around on the Google and they're looking for roofing, but they're looking for a payment option? And because you don't have it on your site, they skip you and go to the next guy on Google that does. Oh, yeah, he's getting that on his site now. So it's like the simple things. But you're right, man. People are finally adopting the fact that they need financing. And the guys that said, well, well, hey, all my customers pay cash. And my quick question back to them is, would you take credit card? And they're like, yeah, man, of course. I swipe credit cards all day long. I go, credit card is a form of financing. Right. The lights go off and he's like, wow, you're right. He goes, and I get charged 3% every time I swipe. And I go, are you building 3% into your margins when you're offering financing? And they go, no. I said, so you're taking it on the chin for 3% every time someone swipes? And they go, yeah. And I go, 
Shame on you, man. You could have put another <laughs> truck. By the end of the year, you could have put another truck on the road. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, I read a statistic, and this was a while back, probably a year or more ago, uh, that said 80% of the home improvement projects done nationwide that are over $5,000 are financed. 80% of them. Yep. Right? I mean, so you're talking at this point now with the cost of things, that's the majority of your home improvement products projects are, are being financed, you know, like it's, that's a no brainer, you know, let me, it's, throw, it's, let me throw two numbers out. I'm going to do this for everybody that's watching that says, well, I don't want to offer financing because it carries a dealer fee. First off, not every finance program or product has a dealer fee. You can offer no dealer fee program. So let's just take that off the table. A $10,000 loan with no dealer fee with us is 132 bucks a month. A $5,000 home improvement loan is about 63 bucks. So you just said it, man. $5,000 costs $63 a month with no prepayment penalty. So instead of getting to the point of sale and throwing, pulling out your contract, and slapping it down in front of the customer and going, Mr. Smith, it's $10,000. You can say to Mr. Smith, hey, Mr. Smith, we got a few different financing options. Would a 12-month same as cash or $132 work out better for you and Mrs. Smith? And then you just shut up. And then the customer goes, well, Chris, man, that's, that's unbelievable. I didn't even know that you had financing options. But you know what? We're going to pay you cash. And they hand you, you know, $10,000. Who cares, right? It's the fact that at the point of sale, you can make that mention to say, hey, we've got options for you just in case you were looking for them. But mm -hmm. then your margins are built into the price anyway. So you don't have to worry about what program and product they offer or if they swipe a credit card because you've built the proper pricing and profit margins into your job at the point of sale that you can navigate anywhere on a matrix to close the job. So yeah, you got to offer financing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way the market has changed. And and that kind of leads me to my next topic, which is, you know, <clears throat> I know when I got into this right years ago, there was a few players, right? There was a couple big names. Yep. Those were kind of like your few guys that if you wanted to offer financing, Really, they were kind of the only options. There may have been one or two small guys, but for the most part, there was like one or two big names that you went to. Yeah. Now it seems like there's a ton of them, right? Like there's all kinds of financing. So, you know, I, I think it's important for the contractors to understand what am I looking for when I'm looking to partner myself with a financing company? Mm -hmm. Good question. And this, man, we even skipped a big topic. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, in this day and age, with what's happened right now in the economy, I'll wrap it together. With the Fed's raising the rates the way that they are, and this is going to be evergreen, so I can say this. The Fed's are raising the rates six or seven times this year. They did it today for 50 basis points. They did it two months ago for another quarter. My suggestion, whether you work with me or not, I don't care, offer financing. But when you are choosing or looking to get together with a finance partner, with what's going on right now in this day and age, make sure... You work with one or two and make sure one's a prime lender that can fund from the five, like us, can fund from the 500s all the way up to the 850s. Make sure that they're FDIC insured. And I say that for a reason. The reason why you should probably work with a lender that's FDIC insured like us is because our cost of funds could be considerably lower than those that are selling to institutions, investment entities, insurance entities, and credit unions, meaning they're not a lender. So their cost of funds are 
a bit higher. So their margins are here and their rates are there and they can only fund this credit package and the cost of funds is this and their dealer fees are higher. So my suggestion is choose one of the top five. If you have to work with two, work with two, but make sure you vet them out properly that they're, you know, in home improvement, not in another asset class trying to get into home improvement. Um, There are some tech platforms out there that do exist. I see them being marketed all the time over the last five or six years. I would highly, how can I say this without saying it? Just get in touch with me and have a consultation with me and I will educate you on what they really are because I won't talk poorly about them on this podcast, but I will educate you and be completely non-biased and and honest about what tech platforms are and perhaps a way around a tech platform if you so choose to work in that direction. I'll tell you the best way to do it. So yeah, if you're looking for financing, vet them out, make sure they're in home improvement, get with somebody that's FDIC insured, that's an actual real lender and Try to stay away from the platforms that you're, you see that are just marketed all the time. Marketing, 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 marketing. They're, there's a reason why they're marketing themselves. There's a reason why they're marketing themselves. So, <laughs> yeah. There's lots of lenders to choose from nowadays, though. So that's good, right? Right. It's just we're in really weird times right now that I don't think I'd put my eggs in a company that just popped up six months ago. I just wouldn't do it. It's too risky. True. Choose somebody that's been in the industry for 17 years, 20 years with with assets of 600 billion and they're not going anywhere. Choose somebody that uh, provides the money, is the lender, is the underwriter and actually services the loan because that's one hell of a story to sell at the point of sale. Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Smith, we offer financing solutions. I don't know which one's right for you, but hey, it's gonna help you out a lot. Oh, by the way, this finance partner is the fifth largest bank in the United States of America. Our finance partner services the loans, underwrites them and is actually gonna be servicing your loan for the next X years till you pay it off without a prepayment penalty. You got a story to tell when you work with somebody that's a real lender. It's going to make your credibility factor pop up as a, as a roofer in the industry above somebody else that doesn't offer it. Because you've got a story to tell about who it is that your your customers stuck with us for 15 years if they choose a 15-year loan. They're only stuck with you for two weeks when you build the roof. Because uh, let, let hey, are you a roofer that really follows up with your customers like you should twice a year to see how the flex seal is sticking down? Right? Like... <laughs> We're with them, man. We're sending the coupon to them every month for them to pay us. So we're going to be with them for a long time. This is fun. I'm having a good time today, man. We're talking about a topic that I love. I know. (laughs) You know, and you bring up an interesting point, though, because I think one of the things that I've noticed in this vertical of our industry is a lot of volatility, right? You see guys constantly changing to someone else. And I found it interesting that you said that you mentioned one or two you know, potentially having two finance companies that I could yeah. work with. And, you know, in, in what scenario does it make sense? And and do you see a, an issue in our industry with maybe a lack of loyalty there when it comes to financing? And why is that? You know, is yeah. it because contractors have been burned? Is it because contractors just don't have confidence in the product? Like, what is it that drives them to potentially have multiple finance companies or to very quickly and easily make a switch? Good question. Anything can happen. I'm I'm a guy that's pretty conservative when it comes to investments. Um, I believe that everybody shouldn't put all their eggs in one basket. You know, so what I will get 100% of someone's business if they have me up as a lender. I've got the best pricing, program, process, people, partnerships. I got everything. They're going to use me as their first look lender. 
But what happens one day if they don't like Chris Scoville anymore or, or <laughs> Service Finance or Truist? What if something, I don't know, what if they don't like us? What do they do? Well, they've got a backup lender that, that they haven't used as a first-look lender that they've always kind of been enrolled with that they're just not using. You know, So that's I think it's important um, that you have not all your eggs in one basket. Um, I also think that there's some structures out there that would require, like you're in a market that isn't prime, right? You, you're selling in, and I'm not going to name the city, it's in Texas. Their average FICO there is 673. Our average FICO across the United States of America is 675. So my, my approval rates are, <laughs> my approval rates are really high. But I can't approve everybody in that in that guy's city that's got a weighted average of that. He needs a subprime lender. Like he needs a guy that can do 505 to 620 in that majority, 80% of his business is in that bucket. That's not us. We're just not that lender. We're not a subprime lender. So that's a perfect scenario, Pete, where he should have service finances as prime lender. And when he's doing that test, right, there's a test litmus test that you do with a customer in the home when it comes time to get him to apply. Hey, listen, Mr. Mr. Smith, listen, on a scale of one to 10, we work with a few different lenders and I want to make sure that I place you at the proper one, right? Can you give me an idea on a scale of one to 10 where your credit would be on that scale just so I make sure I take you to the right lender, you know? And then they're like, oh, wow, this, the guy really does care about me. He's got lenders that he wants to help us get affordability payment options for, honey, we better be honest and tell them that we had a bankruptcy last month, you know, because look, if they're like, Hey man, dude, Chris, thanks a lot, bro. But you know, we're like a 500, you know, I probably wouldn't take that to a prime lender. I'd probably take it to my subprime lender in a situation like that. However, we allow co-applicants that are non-owner occupied needed, right? So if he does say, Hey, listen, I got a 505, but my mom's got a 755 and she'll co-sign. Let's go, baby. Put it in the app, click it, get the decline, add that person on as a co-app, get her as a non-owner occupied co-applicant, she's approved. So I would never stop as a roofer the application process because, hey, you never know. The guy could get approved. He doesn't get approved. That's when you have the next conversation. Hey, I called dealer concierge. They said, unfortunately, we're going to need a co-app. Do you guys have a co-app? You need to get the roof done or else your insurance is going to be canceled. And they're like, well, yeah, maybe my mom, my sister, my friend, my ex-girlfriend's husband's wife's brother's niece's aunt. We'll apply. Man, that was, that was a long rant. Yeah, that was deep, right? <laughs> Bottom line is this. Put it in the system. See if they get approved. If they don't get approved, you ask them, hey, do you got anybody that'll be a co-applicant, right? And then watch. No, we don't. And then all of a sudden, out of the back pocket comes a credit card. Well, we've got 5000 on this one. And she's like, I got 6000 on this. Before you know it, you've swiped two credit cards. You got the deal. So always take the application because you never know what's going to happen inside of underwriting. Yeah, I like that approach. I mean, it's it's interesting because I think traditionally in this industry, we go the opposite way, right? Yeah. We go the way of like, here's your cash price, pay up. And then when the customer says, I can't afford that, right? And we realize like, oh crap, this, you know, this deal is in jeopardy. Then we throw the financing on the table rather than using the financing as a tool yeah. to potentially close a close a cash job, you know, just you by the other that. direction. Yeah, cash, exactly. So cash always equals credit at the point of sale. So if I'm a roofer and I built 6% into my, my retail book, that's my margin. And I'm offering seven programs that are 6% down to 0%, no dealer fee. I got a lot to do in there. I can move. I call it matrix movement. You can sell, sell within the matrix. You get an objection here, you go to the next program. You get an objection there, you go to this program. You get an objection there, you go to here, you test close here, and they end up buying a hybrid program. 
Everything's under 6% to zero. Here's the deal. You can always give them a cash discount. So if I'm priced at 10.6, because I built a 6% margin in, right? But I know on a cash deal, my margin's still strong at 43% as a, where, where, where we are. I can close that deal at 10. And if he says, well, we're going to pay you cash, man. Can you give us a discount? I can. Hold on. Let me call the manager. Call the manager. I can give you a $300 discount if you put a yard sign in your yard for 90 days and give me three referrals. Done. You made 3% extra on the job. You gave him a 3% discount and you made him earn it. You got three referrals out of it and you got a 90-day yard sign. So always make them earn the discount. Just don't give them a discount. That's weak. <laughs> like, here, oh, here's your cash. Di- Hold on. Here comes my props again. Oh, here's your cash discount. <laughs> you know, oh, here you go. Earn the cash discount. Earn the discount. Get the referrals. Make them earn it. And don't give it all to them. Give them half of it. Because then you just made 3% on the job. Because remember, you, bake, you built in 6% margin into it for financing. And you gave him a $300 discount. So you really made 3% more on the job. That's zero cost averaging between finance, no dealer fee, and cash and credit cards. You do that at the end of the year and you'll, the end of the, end of the year and you'll see where you ended up, what your weighted average score was for dealer fee and margins. I like it. I mean, it definitely, I, I, even from my perspective, I don't think I've ever thought of financing as a tool to help me get there, right? I think it's it's always been kind of like an afterthought of like, uh oh, you know, this deal's in jeopardy. These guys can't afford to pay me. You know, this, maybe the only way I can close this deal is to offer financing, right? Rather than coming to the table and saying right away, you know, I've got these options available. If you guys want, take advantage of them. They say, now nah, we don't really need that. We've got the cash. Okay, great. You know, then we go the cash route. Yep. You know, uh, so I think, you know, a big one for me question, you know, I think that obviously we're seeing some change in the industry with, uh, you know, some products that are coming out and solar is a big one, right? And solar financing, I think is a, is a, is a big one to touch on. And I know that you guys do that, right? So uh, speak a little bit to that and how that works, you know, I guess, and, uh, you know, how prevalent that is. You know, maybe maybe not the greatest topic here, <laughs> no, no, right? but, but you know, I think <laughs> I love it. No, that'll be our next podcast. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you the reason that I bring it up is because yeah. I foresee the you know with the introduction of some solar shingles, right? Yeah. A very big shift in the market of solar and roofing, kind of yeah. coming together to be hybrid. one industry, right? And so obviously. Yeah. You know, obviously that I think we've had this very distinct line drawn in the sand between the two, and now we're going to be kind of getting this gray area in between. And I think we've had very distinct financing companies on both sides of the fence, right? And I think now I'm starting to see them crossing over each other, right? And so I guess like speak a little bit to that and, you know, know, as a retail roofer, does it make sense to work with someone who has traditionally been a solar financing company? Right. Or do I stick with a guy who's been just on this residential retail side or, you know, it, does those guys crossing over create an issue or does it is it something that, you know, financing is financing. Right. And you that's a you're loading it up. <laughs> yeah, Pete just pull out his gun and put all the bullets in that one. <laughs> I love it. dude. We're going to have to do another podcast on this. Here's a long and short. Solar is a great 
tool. It's a great financial tool. Roofing is an absolute must. Solar can help build, build and beat the utility. So it's a great financial tool. So we have to figure solar panel will go on top of the roof, right? It can be ground about, but I bet a large portion of them in the United States go on top of a roof. So the first thing is, well, does the roof support a solar panel, right? So you look at the roof and go, yeah, this is good. This will work putting racks on and putting panels on it. So that's number one. So if I'm a roofer, the first thing to do is look at the roof and make sure that it can fit a solar panel and it's safe and it's going to last and it's not going to kill the warranty and all that good stuff, right? Because we're roofers. So the next thing is, well, am I a roofer that now wants to sell solar? There's a different a couple avenues that you can go. You can be a, a solar sales organization, a sales org, and sell and allow an EPC to be the installer. Or you can be like Chris Perosky down the road here. He's a GC, and he's got the ability to be a roofer and a solar qualified installer for his own entity. So he can do it all in-house himself. I think ultimately that's what most roofers want because they want to make sure that their damn product, the roof, isn't in, in, impaired by some other outside entity coming in and putting racks on it, right, and ruining the roof. So I think ultimately the best thing for a roofing contractor to do if they are looking to get into solar would be to get the proper qualifications, get the electrical licenses or the solar qualification licenses per state, bring a team in that's done it with experience and do it in-house. So I think that's that's probably out of the scenarios that you said, that's probably the best scenario because they can control it. Now, of course, some roofers just are like, hey man, I can make a lot of money selling solar. I'm already there doing the roof. I've already got the relationship. I'm just gonna sell the solar, make the money on the contract and let the EPC come in and do the installation. That's the biggest model that we see now, okay? Right. When you get to the financing on here, this is where it gets really kind of crazy, right? <laughs> Roofers, you had said it earlier, are just now starting to adopt financing. Solar requires a pretty in-depth conversation to get there for that finance model to work, to beat the utility, to do the proper offset. Our solar got our roofers qualified to do that. I'm sure some are. I, I think that it's going to be a while for the for it to be adopted nationally. I also think that without any rules and regulations and compliance being in place, it could be very dangerous for, for roofers to go out there and just sell solar, to make a sales commission when they don't know really what they're doing. Or maybe they haven't been trained properly. And then that EPC and that solar deal comes in. It's not doing that 100% offset that the, that the roofer sold. So who does that reflect poorly on? If it's a 60% 60, 60 offset and now they're stuck with a $379, um, $75,000 loan, for their solar and the roof and everything else they bought, right? I don't know what the numbers, who cares? And they got that for 25 years. Who does it reflect on? Well, the roofer just came in to build the roof and ended up selling them solar and telling them that the offset was going to be 100%. You know, it's going to reflect probably poorly on the roofer because he's the one that had the sales contract signed. So, Pete, it's a long discussion, man. I think <laughs> solar's good. I think roofing is good. I think that there's some of the entities out there are just unbelievable. I'm a little nervous about some of the sales orgs not having proper, and it's not the guys out selling, man. I'm a hustler too. It's just not being uh, the, the controls and the compliance and the training and to make sure that it's being done properly. And 
it could be very dangerous for the roofing contractor that's not trained and controlled. There's no quality control in it, man. It could be, it could be pretty sketchy. Um, we can do roofing and solar all wrapped up under a solar loan. Absolutely. I could do roofing, roofing plus. I can do all that stuff in the finance world. It's non issue. I think that's a great topic. Matter of fact, I think I should bring in my solar expert and myself and we do another, we do a talk about this because man, you nailed it. There's probably 15 great questions that you, we could ask the community what they want to ask. Yeah. And we could probably do another podcast just on that for 45 minutes to talk on that. But that's, it's a great topic, man. Solar's hot right now because is. financing is available for it. So good topic. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, what, I guess, what percentage because you guys are dealing with them every day. What percentage of contractors would you say currently are offering financing? And what do you think the hesitation is? Never enough. Not enough. Yeah. Not enough. I can't believe the amount of calls that I get still to this day after doing what I do that people are like, yeah, man, I'm just looking to offer financing. And, uh, and I ask the questions, like, how do that's cool, man. How long you been in business? And he's like 17 years. And I go, dude, 17 years in Pittsburgh. And you're just offering financing now. Yeah. And now I know the Pittsburgh market really well because I've got some really big contractors up there that are offering financing and I know what they fund <laughs> like 4.7 million a year in Pittsburgh. Yeah. What in roofing <laughs> retail roofing in Pittsburgh, yeah. $4.7 million dollars a year with me and none of his competitors are doing it. Like what? So it's, you know, I think not enough. The percentage is small. I manage the beacon supply relationship here and we're astounded by the thousands and thousands and thousands of dealers that buy supplies and the amount of contractors that are offering financing their market share is we got a long way to go man because but think about it man when we buy everything we finance everything yeah. when we put gasoline in our trucks we finance it now look some of us are, are financing it on a 30-day promotional loan. Did you know that? I take my gold card out and I put it in there and buy $160 worth of gas. I got a big truck. I buy $160 worth of gas at a time. I finance it. You know why? Because I don't walk inside and, and hand them this stuff because I don't have much of this. Right? I finance it. But guess what I do? I pay it off on a promotional loan. I pay it off with my American Express. Some people don't have that. Some people finance it and... And they let interest accrue and they pay it out over three or four months on a different credit card. We finance everything. My wife goes to the mall and she buys a purse and it's the thousand dollars. She doesn't get to the point of sale, the cash register, the cash register lady goes, would you like a cash discount? <laughs> what? What do you mean a freaking cash discount? I'm, I'm paying by credit card. Oh, you're going to be financing it today. So these conversations don't happen, but we buy stuff all day long. And we're financing everything, but we don't think about it. We finance yeah. everything. But contractors really, I think that they have this fear that financing is difficult, that they have to be a finance major, that they have to talk APRs, disclose this, disclose that. No, it's this simple. I'm at the point of sale. I've done the roof inspection. I've been in the attic. I come down to the table. I move the laminate that I set there because they turned it sideways. It says I offer financing. We'll talk about that in training. 
And now I know they're interested in financing because they're like looking at it. They're going, oh, I see that you offer promotional financing. Oh, yeah, we do. We work with a couple different lenders. What would you say on your scale of one to 10 your credit score would be just so I take you to the right lender? And they go, oh, we're well, an 800, man. Peacock feathers come out. Shh, right. They're really <laughs> proud when they tell you they got an 800 and they really know their credit score. Trust me. And you're like, yeah, perfect. Were you guys thinking about doing this on a 12 month, same as cash or like $137 per month be better for your budget? And now what you've done there psychologically, Pete, is this. You've determined if you're dealing with a promotional buyer or a cat or a payment buyer. Just by asking those two things, would you prefer 12 months same as cash or $137 per month be better for you? And they're going to go uh, 12 months same as cash. We don't pay interest on anything. Perfect. Let's go. Scan the driver's license, $10,600. Program 2012, enter. 15 seconds later, oh, you're approved here. Sign electronically. They sign. <laughs> Thanks. We're going to get your permits. We'll have the roof on next week. I just offered financing at the point of sale without ever even talking about financing. I said, do you want 12 months same as cash? Or would you like $137 per month? It ain't difficult to offer financing. You just got to go through Scoville's training. <laughs> well, and I do think you're right, though. I do think that there's this like myth that we have to have this in-depth understanding of it in order to uh, you know, to offer it and be able to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's not the case. Right? No. I think that you can be just knowledgeable enough, you know, of, uh, like you said, of how to sell it and how to portray it when you show it to the customer to be able to be successful using it. Yeah. You know? Yep. So. Yeah. Easy. What do you think? Are there any risks to, to offering financing? Like if I'm, a, if I'm a contractor, none, right? None. Here's, here's the biggest yeah. risk. Well, because there's not with us, there's not there's non recourse. Also, disclaimer: when you're talking to a lender, make sure there's no recourse. We're non there's non recourse. So, if somebody stops paying for the roof or their air conditioner, we can't come and take the loan back from you. We're not we can't pull the money back from you because Mr. and Mrs. Smith stopped paying the loan. Mr. and Mrs. Smith unfortunately will ruin their credit if they don't pay their their loans. You know what I mean? That, that's up. It's on them. It's never on the contractor. So there's no liability to a contract. What I have seen is this. I've seen contractors um, that get that sell so much financing and maybe they're not getting enough product in to put the roofs on. Like you could literally like get in front of your skis just by offering financing and putting on the door hanger and saying, hey, we offer 100% financing, zero interest for 12 months. Watch your phone ring. Repairs. Everything. I mean, you could get over your skis if you're not getting product in to put on the thing. Here's good news with us. Your approval is good for a year. So even with shipping delays and supply chain issues, the approvals with our company is good for a year. So if you get somebody approved today and unfortunately the ship's out at Harbor and sea and it doesn't get in with your fancy tiles, their approval is good for a year. They can, they can go out and do whatever the heck they want. Buy the Range Rover, come back in six months, their approval still in your portal, press, let's go. So no, I don't think there's any risks other than getting over your skis and not getting stuff installed fast enough, you know? Yeah. So it's real simple. So what would you say to, uh, you know, how easy is it to get your sales team to adopt it? Right. So maybe I'm an owner and I'm like, yeah, let's offer financing. I got a small sales group. Maybe I got five guys. Like how do I go about getting those guys up to speed and getting them? Is it like best to come to someone like you and say, Hey, train my guys, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Good question. If you're with a reputable red lender, um, interview them prior to enrolling with them and make sure that they're 
their regional sales managers, the folks that will be actually managing your account, have home improvement experience. All of our sales guys, all 25 of them have sold in the home. We won't hire anybody in our company that's never sold home improvement. Yeah, that's, a big, sure, that's a big piece. And there's a reason why. I can sit here with you and talk the talk because I've done it. I've roofed. I've been thrown out of the house. I've been at the table. I've done it all. I'm not some kid that came out of college and put a headset on and act like I learned financing for home improvement. I, I've done it. We've all done it. So make sure that you get with a lender that actually will train you on how to sell at the point of sale. That's what we do. We enroll. We get them set up. We onboard. We'll do face-to-face -face trainings or we'll go to their office and train their entire staff. Everybody get out your phones. Got your phone. Hey, Jimmy, pay attention. Get out your phone. Everybody download your mobile app. Hey, Jimmy, download your, you know, there's always that one guy in the back. Yeah. I haven't offered financing in 20 years and I'm not going to start now. Right. right? <laughs> yep. By the end of it, he's like, how do I get that mobile app open? Right. So <laughs> we train them from the, the start, stop, good, better, and best portal um, programs. Which ones are you going to offer? I have a thing called matrix flow. When somebody objects at this, you go to this program, they object to that. You go to this one, you, you test close them here. If they don't close there, you go to here and you go, oh man. We must have missed something in the demo. I need to go back outside, take my booties off, put my booties back on and redo the inspection because I, there's a hidden objection here, right? So I'll do a full training from the start to the finish, including matrix flow to show people how, how, to, how to use a pricing matrix and pull out those objections. Now, if, if you're not with a good lender that has good training like us and you're with XYZ lender that doesn't have training, but they've got a finance platform, I would suggest that you seek a professional that can come to your office. I know some of them reach out to me. They've been in Pete knows them as well. They're, they're trusting they've done this and they've got good consulting businesses and sales practices that can teach you guys how to sell at the point of sale. So if you ain't getting it from your lender, cause you went to the wrong lender, it ain't my problem. But what <laughs> we can do is help you guys get a sales trainer to come to your office to show you how to sell at the point of sale. Yeah, cool. and that's, that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's great. That's great insight. I think that, you know, because I think that's a huge hesitation. Like you said, you've always got that guy in your office who's like, I'm not adopting this. Right. So how do we get that buy in with our team? And, and he, a lot he of don't that like, just, he don't like money. <laughs> you don't, you he don't, don't like, like money. Hey, yeah. Jimmy, what's up? You don't yeah. like money. You don't, you don't want to make more money. You don't want any money. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy don't like money. Hey, Jimmy's still driving the Cadillac from 1987. You know, the, the Brahum one, Brahum, B-R-O-U. Yeah. My dad had one, B-R-O-U-G-H-A-M-G. Yeah. That freaking Cadillac was comfortable, but Jimmy's still driving it with his ladder strapped on top. <laughs> I'm not going to offer financing. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm perfectly fine. I know how to do it, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. the young punk's up front like this, like salivating that he yeah. gets to sell a good, better, invest at the point of sale from a mobile app. Right. And then all of a sudden this guy's driving the Tesla with the roof rack. <laughs> Dude, I love this. Shit. Well, you bring up a good point there because obviously like on the roofer side of things here, like we started building in, we built in a proposal feature. Right. And, yeah. and one of the first things that we pushed for was, uh, you know, good, better, invest. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, and I still find so many contractors that don't go that route that don't sell that way. Uh, you know, that don't, you know, they're just like, Hey, Here's that one roofing system that I offer and yeah. here it is. This is what the cost, <laughs> that's it. Right. And uh, you know, and I think that 
traditionally, like maybe even, you know, 10 years ago, that probably would have been good. You know, like I, I always tell the funny story about my neighbor, like a year or two ago, he had a roof put on his house and, you know, I pull it in the driveway and he stops me. Hey, don't you work in roofing? He's like, this guy I got is some kind of gaff master elite guy and he's going to put timber something on my roof. And you know what I mean? And then you're like, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered. You got to sold this guy anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but I think nowadays because we have a more tech savvy buyer, we have a more educated buyer, they're doing their homework, right? Yep. They understand yep. that the options are and the importance of, of that, you know, speak a little bit, I guess, to the importance of, and how that plays to the financing part of having that good, better, best option, from a proposal standpoint, from an estimating standpoint. Yeah, it's dude, it's really great tool. I mean, look, there's always going to be uh, a con. This is very controversial in the sales world. It's really great. I love it. I mean, if every if you ever want to get in a fight, just don't even don't even post anything on social media about politics. Just say, I think good, better, and best is the best way to sell. And man, <laughs> they'll come running. Right? There's guys that are like, no way, never give options. So here's how it works in 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 this world. Let's. I'm going to give you the most simple structure. Um, let's talk about plan 4132 to 9.99 10-year no-dealer fee program. And let's take that program and offer it across three scales. Good, better, best. I've got an $8,000 project, a $10,000 project, and a $12,000 project. Good, better, best. Maybe the $12,000 one has a roof maintenance program built to do it. When you come out, you clean the gutters, you trim trees, and you make sure that the flex seal is still sticking down there twice a year. Oh, who cares? Who gives a shit, right? right. Eight, 10, 12. So $8,000 one on that particular pan across the board is, I'm going to throw numbers against the wall. $8,000 is 96 bucks. $10,000 is 132. And $12,000 is 148. So when you get to the point of sale and you're selling the good, better, and best, and this one's got all this really cool shit built into them to help relieve their pain, to help them feel good about their purchase, you're going to come out twice a year and clean our gutters and trim our trees. Yeah. I'm going to come out and see you. And I'm going to, I'm going to door hang the neighborhood too, to let them know that I'm doing it. Yeah. That's for another podcast, by the way, you should yeah. be five by five by tending the neighborhood. When you go back out on your roof maintenance programs that you probably don't have with your business. <laughs> That's another podcast. Anyway, yeah. the consumers got this like love, this feeling of, man, I want to have the best program because I feel secure about all this stuff. And it's only $16 more a month. Honey, it's only $16 more a month. We spend that at Starbucks on Saturday, right? Yeah. Well, we can afford that thing. And Chris is going to come out twice. Yeah, we can afford that extra $16 a month. So just by showing it to them on the computer or on your mobile app, they're more apt to make a higher buying decision. And it's not trickery. It's, hey, do you want this one, this one, or this one? And just shut up, because if you presented yourself properly with the value of the good, better, and the best, the silver, platinum, the gold, however, whatever you're calling them, then they're ultimately going to make the buying decision themselves and justify the difference between 8, 10, and 12 to say, we can afford that. Now, typically, they'll end up in the middle. There's nothing wrong with it, you know, presenting that higher platinum $12,000 deal if it's got that much value stacked to it, but you're going to make their buying decisions easier. Now, however, if you're not offering financing and you slap down an $8,000 contract, a $10,000 contract, and a $12,000, they're going to probably take the $8,000 because Every they don't time. know what the payment difference is between eight and twelve. All they see is a single digit and a double digit and $4,000 in between. So the calculator, the financing options, 
the good, better, and best can justify. And if you're really good at sales and you can help them sell themselves on the value, they'll see that that payment differential between eight, 10, and 12 is really nothing. When you break it down between divide it into 30 days and go, geez, it's 33 cents a day. Yeah. Right. You know, it's funny because I use that same neighbor as an example of, uh, you know, <laughs> from the multi-option or, or add-on type of scenario too. You know, the, this guy comes, puts his roof on, says to him pretty much at the end of the project, like, oh, while I'm here, you know, there's some siding that needs to be replaced, you know? And, and because it was a cash job, my neighbor was like, you know what? I'm going to hold off. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to go that extra route because now you've already got me for the roof. Right. I'm already writing a huge check up there. You know, I'm going to hold off where in my mind, the first thing that came to my mind was had this guy offered financing and that, and my neighbor was financed up to a certain point, No brain. probably could have sold them. Yeah. It would have even been an issue, right? Siding no windows, gutters, whatever he wanted to upsell him on. He could have easily upsold him on because it would have just rolled into that payment and it would have been, you know, minute difference in the, yeah. you know, dollars probably different in the payment to where it wouldn't have even been noticeable. And it, it, he could have probably made a much bigger sale off of him than by just coming and slapping a roof on and doing a cash job. Amen. Yeah, man. I love it. Yeah. So. And, we, and we keep it easy. So when they've decided on your mobile app, you just click the button, apply. So yep. you don't have to like, oh, okay, cool. Click, boom, apply. You're already in the app. So you don't have to click around and make a bunch of decisions, right? Because we want this to be painless and frictionless at the point of sale, which is how we deliver. There's no, no paperwork is delivered. So your proposal tool, however it's structured, the options at the bottom, it's just leading the horse to water to help them drink a little bit, man. I love it. What do you think of potentially approving someone before you even get to that part of the... There's two. There's There's a couple different state of minds with that, right? I think that... Are you talking about like soft pre-approval or hard approval or just getting somebody approved prior to going? I'm yeah, okay just getting with that. A, We're in yeah, a like having point. approval before I even get to the house, maybe. We, I have seen, because I've been in this so long, a complete flip. So back in the day, you just did it at the point of sale because you had to have that trust thing. You had to have that human being in front of them. Our buyers nowadays are like, roofer, Google, 33441, click. Oh, he looks good. Honey, he looks good. All right. <laughs> Honey, they offer financing. Let me click the button. Yeah, okay, I'll click the button. Click the button. Oh, cool. I can get it right here. Hey, honey, we're approved for $100,000. Should we call this roofer over and get, take a look at our roof? It's a different buying mentality now, man. People are like, oh, cool. I don't have to talk to someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honey, we're approved and we don't have to be sold. Let's get somebody over here and get an estimate. <laughs> It's yeah. a different world. So, you know, what? we as a finance company, you as a technology solution provider, we provide all these tools to these people now to let them decide which way they want to go, man. It's super dope. I love it. Get a yeah. pre-approved. Pre I, I had to buy this freaking air conditioner, man. I got pre-approved before I got my seven quotes. <laughs> I'm the worst customer in the world, man. Don't do business with me. I suck. I ended up buying the most expensive one, $25,000 for my house. $25,000 air conditioner. We got the Cadillac, baby. <laughs> but anyway, I went and got my home equity line first. Oh, yeah, I'll get it for $25,000, $26,000. Boom. Okay, now let's go shop. I went, right. out, I went out and got my money first, you know? Yeah, so, I do. Like you said, though, I think it's definitely a, been a flip 
in the mindset of the buyer, right? Oh, yeah. To where they're more apt to do that. Like they're more apt to have you come to the table saying, hey, I'm already approved for this much or, hey, could you approve me ahead of time so I know what I'm working with yeah. Yeah. and what my options are? You yeah, know? yeah. Awesome, man. This is this has been a good one, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I very can't good, wait for man. To come out. This was this was uh, very lively. Yeah, very good one, man. Well, I appreciate you being on, and appreciate you, you know, chatting with me about this one. Obviously, I know you're passionate about this topic, and it's why I wanted to have you on as a guest. I think it's uh, you know, it's always one of my favorites because I think it is somewhat of a a, a touchy subject. We got to help. Know, I think Dude, I, let's let's cut the chase, man. We got to help a lot of people out right now. Yeah. And I'm talking about homeowners and I'm talking about roofers that need to stay in business and financing is the means to help all this come together. People need affordability. They need payment options. They've got to get stuff done and roofers need to stay in business by selling more jobs so they can keep their crews and their families fed. And financing is just simply a product to help bring those two things together. Like, yeah, of course that. I'm the fat cat, right? I'm the bank. I give a shit, man. At the end of the day, I care about roofers, contractors, and families and homeowners being able to help their home. That's what the goal is for me. And in the process of offering financing, if I know that I've helped more people protect their homes and improve their homes and bring their value up, and I've helped contractors keep their jobs and hire more crews and feed their family, I've done my job in the industry. Whether you do business with me or not, I don't care. I do care because I'm super competitive. And I will put my freaking foot on the competitor's throats and I'll, I'll burn the boat. I'm the guy that you want to go to war with. But at the end of the day, if you don't do business with me, I don't care. Offer financing, help more customers help their home. Yeah. And that's a great point. I mean, that's a great point to end with. I think that, you know, especially like you said, in today's day and age where the market is at, people need help with this stuff. Yeah. Like it's not easy to, to do this. And like you said earlier, you know, like solar, you know, that's a bell and whistle kind of, right? Roof is not, right? A roof is not. A lot of times, you know, with these storms and stuff like that, you're in a situation where the roof is a must. It's got to get fixed. It's protecting your home. It's protecting your family. And uh, if this is the only way to get there, then, you know, this is how we help them out. And this is how we continue to to be able to go to work every day. So yes, man. Uh, awesome. great point. And uh, like I said, man, I really appreciate you being on. Great stuff. And uh, look forward to the next one. Yeah. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pete, man. I love you, brother. Thank you so All much. Right, man. Good talking with you. I think we're going to have to talk about roofing and solar now. I think so. I think All I right. I'll have another my, one on the horizon. I'll talk to my team. Let's pull it together, brother. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining us today.